is how you live. <clears throat> righteous is what you are. You're the righteousness of God in Christ means that Jesus become your righteousness on the inside. And then if you live on the outside, what you are on the inside, then you're living holy. That help anybody? Amen. That's how you're living then. But anyway, he said that. that I'm going to read you something to tell you just a really short story. Uh, pastors, a lot of times, get to go to the school of hard knocks, and you learn more there than you do in Bible school. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47 and 48 says this, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, therefore thou shalt serve thine enemies. Well, back in the mid-1980s, Mrs. Pastor and I lived on a little farm up in Noblesville, Indiana. And we had cattle farmer all around us. He had 600 cows. We had a little house right in the middle of those cows. I had a brand new, brand new luxury car that turned out to be a lemon. A lot of them were lemons that year. The government filed a big lawsuit. But anyway, while the lawsuits are working and you got a useless car sitting there you're paying on, it's pretty rough. And then when you get laid off from your job, it's even rougher. And so I had this car sitting out there. And we, Mrs. Pastor, I've never ever collected food stamps or welfare, but that year we went to apply for them. <clears throat> they looked at our income, saw my W-2 from last year, but I wasn't laid off, and saw the title of the car I had that I couldn't drive, and they said, you don't qualify. I said, what do you mean I don't qualify? I'm laid off of my job, and I don't have a car. No, you've got a car, and you've got good income. I said, I'm laid off. So anyway, the one time in our whole life we ever tried to get welfare or food stamps, they denied us. And so in my house there, I looked out the window, and they had these great big round things they filled up with uh, cow food every day and hay, and those cows would come in groups of about 100, and they'd sit there and eat that hay. I looked at my empty shelves, I looked at my car, and I sat there, and then the Lord kept giving me that verse. If you don't serve me, if joyfulness and gladness of the heart for the buds of all things, then you'll never have all things. And so then I would do good for a few days. And then I'd say, this ain't right. I said, those cows are eating better than I am. I said, my kids are hungry. Those cows are eating better than us. And they're going to be hamburgers someday. And then the Lord would tell me, if you don't serve the Lord with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, you'll never have all things. So what would I do? I'd open up Psalms 37, 25. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. So I'd just walk around the house, I'd raise my hands and give praise to Jesus for the abundance of all things. Guess what? We now have the abundance of all things. It happened. But we had to pass the test of life first. So I want to tell you, wherever you are in life, don't be a whiner, be a winner. Amen. Walk by faith, not by sight. No matter how tough it looks, do not ever rob God as his tithe. You make sure you always keep him first with the tithe. And in that same season, had a young man been a missionary overseas, took up an offering for him, and I didn't have anything. And I wanted to sow seed. So I had a pen. I really liked the bit a lot to me. I don't know why it did, I guess, because I didn't have much. I liked my pen. And so I took my favorite pen out of my pocket, 
Yeah, but everybody went up to the offering and put their money in. I just kind of put my pen in because I was sewing my best I had. Well, I remember when that guy came back from overseas. They had him up there telling about his trip and everything like that. And he said, you know, the strangest thing happened. When I was over there, he said, I really, really, really needed to write some things down. I didn't have a pen. I remember, wait a minute. Somebody put a pen in my offerings in my bag. <laughs> anyway, what am I saying? You keep your eyes on the Father. And the more you look at the lack, the less you're looking at him. And the more you look at the lack, you're going to have greater fear in that than you are faith in him. Amen. I'm telling you right now, for where we live at, we had eight kids. So we had some mouths to feed. We've been down some roads. We passed the test. That's why I can stand up here and talk to you, because you're still out there. I used to be out there, hear the ones up here say that, and I just sit there thinking, man, that sounds good. I wish that worked for me. Well, it doesn't work for you unless you work it. Amen. Now you can shout. All right. And so, uh, if you're going through a hard time, I would look at Psalms 37, 25 several times a day. I say, Lord, I want to thank you. We're not forsaken and we're not begging. We're not the homeless out there begging. We're the ones that are the Christians we're given. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand up, make our financial faith confession. Oh, thank you, Tim. You bailed me out. I thought I was got to go by faith. I wrote this years ago, but I still have to read it. <laughs> As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give just in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Feel free to join us at the altar tonight to worship. And even though we don't have the words on the screen, most of you should know this one, so sing along the best you can.
God is great. Our God is great. The sin and found salvation. Sing it with me. Our God is great. Our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great. Our God is great. His kingdom shouts and sings it. Our God is great. Our God is great. Our God is
for evil. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Let's sing that again. Take it a little higher. You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good Sing that one more time, sing that out confidence tonight, Lord, that we will see victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. This isn't our battle. This isn't our fight. We're not doing this in our own strength or our own way, Lord, but we are putting it in your hands, Jesus, and we love you and we thank you that we always triumph in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I was thinking of a verse here as we were singing in Exodus 14, 14. It says, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Amen. God's fighting for you, but you got to stay calm. If you're going crazy and flailing your arms and fighting and kicking and screaming, God's like, hey, stop that. Quit it. I've got this, but your job is to stay calm and just believe. Amen. You're not responsible for the power aspect. You're responsible for the believing aspect. God's got the power. You got to have the faith and believe and stay calm. Say that with me. Stay calm. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. And we pray tonight that, again, as we are in a brand new, fresh year right now, Lord, that we are going to see victory upon victory this year, Jesus, as we stay calm, as we trust you, as we listen to your voice and let you guide our path, Lord. It's going to be the best year we've ever had yet. We love you and we praise your name tonight. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. All right. You may be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. God is good to us, isn't he? Well, we are going to have a great time together tonight getting into the word here. And um, 
apparently Facebook isn't letting us broadcast, but we are on YouTube. So I'm just throwing that out there. If you got people texting you like I have, hey, where's it at? Man, go on YouTube. So anyway, it's on there, and uh, you can actually go directly to our website too. But anyway, all right, we're going to get in uh, to the message tonight, and the title is this. It's called How to Hear the Voice of God. How to Hear the Voice of God. Now, as we're starting a new year, I know nearly everybody has set their own goals for the year. Like, this year, I am going to do this, this, and this. This year, I want to accomplish this, this, and this for myself. And that's good, man. Go for it. You got this. But have you stopped and asked what God's goal and dreams are for your life this year? Sounds like you haven't because it's so quiet in here. So let's just, uh, this is this is very timely then. This is a great message for tonight. But if you've just been sitting there thinking and dreaming and planning everything that you want for you this year, I'm not putting that down. Man, you better have some goals and some vision or you're going to die. But if you have not asked God at all, if you have not sought the will of God for your life this year, what he has planned for you, what his goals are, then we need to address that and we need to take a look at that right now because you realize that his thoughts are not your thoughts and his ways are not your ways. His are higher than yours. Amen. And so I can guarantee you whatever it is that you want for you this year, God wants even better. But have you taken the time to stop and ask? You know, James put it really great. He said, you have not because you ask not. And so many people are like, man, I don't ever get nothing. Well, have you asked God for it yet? Well, no, I just thought he knew what I needed, so he'd just throw it on me. Well, you have not because you ask not. You need to ask the Lord, hey, what's your plan and vision for me this year? And so many people are like, well, I just, I'm not, I don't have any vision, any plans. I don't know what direction to go. Ask God. In fact, James also put it this way in chapter one. He said, if you need wisdom, ask God. And he won't be mad at you for asking. He gives it to you liberally and without reproach. And, 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 and he won't resent you asking him. He wants you to ask him for wisdom and for the game plan, and he will give it to you as long as James goes on to say that you really believe him to do it. Because if you ask and you don't believe, then he says you're a double-minded person and you'll become unstable in all of your ways. And the last thing we need is more unstable people in the United States right now. Amen? So let's talk about this for a few minutes. Um, we're going to look here at, uh, at, at a few uh, ways that the Lord speaks to you. Take really good notes tonight because you don't have the aid of the screen. And even Facebook kicks us off, so you can't look in those comments either. So we're really roughing it tonight. But I want to open up to this verse, Proverbs 20 and verse 27. Proverbs 20 and verse 27. I'll be in the New King James for a lot of this evening. But Proverbs 20 and verse 27 I'm very well familiar with this verse because Kenneth Hagin uses it a lot. And I listen to Kenneth Hagin approximately three hours a day, five to six days a week. But on top of that, I uh, in Bible college, I got to Rhema about two years after he passed away. Uh, but they did want us to have a class from him about being led by the Spirit of God. And so they played this video class for us of Kenneth Hagin. And it was really great. But he used this verse all the time. And it was out of the King James. And I, I'm like, I just, I'm not, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. But now I do understand this verse. And so here in 
the new, I'm going to read in the new King James. Um, it says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. I'm going to read it again. New King James, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Now, the King James says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And so what does it mean that the spirit of a man or a woman, of a person, is the candle of the Lord? Well, the NLT says it's the Lord's light. So what does this mean? It means that your spirit is where God is going to light things up for you and reveal things to you. It didn't say the brain of a man is the candle of the Lord or the light of the Lord. A person's mind is where God just lights up all the revelation. No, no, no. God speaks to you and shines the light on and lights up and reveals things to your heart. Now, Proverbs 3 tells us, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. That's your mind. And here's the thing. So many people don't hear from God or whatnot because they trust in the Lord with all their understanding. As far as they can understand him, they trust him. But here's the thing. God is so big that you can't understand him. If you fully got God figured out, you are way beyond me because I feel like the more I learn about him, I'm like, wow, I've got so much more to learn. He is so big and amazing. And so to really follow God in your life, you are not going to be able to do it by your understanding. You're going to have to rely on your heart. And I hear people use a verse out of Jeremiah all the time where it says, you know, a man's heart is deceptive. Yeah, it is. If you're not born again. If you are born again, then your heart is not a deceptive thing. It is born again, renewed, regenerated, and it is redeemed. You can trust your heart if you're born again and you've received Jesus into your heart. Now, if if you haven't, then, yeah, your heart's liable to tell you all sorts of crazy things, and your mind is, and you could be all over the place. But as a Christian, the Lord will reveal things to your heart The spirit of man, the heart of man, is the candle or the lamp or the light of the Lord. That's where he reveals things, searching all the inner depths of the heart. And so we're going to look tonight quickly at a few ways the Lord will speak to you, okay? And so, um, again, I I just it's so important that you have some sort of vision and goals for the new year. I mean, you don't just be somebody that wanders aimlessly through life and whatever happens, happens. I mean, again, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every single time. But I don't want to just hit nothingness. I want to actually get somewhere in life and be effective and produce things. Amen. And so the biggest thing, though, is hearing the voice of God in our lives and what he wants, not just what I want. All right. So going to look at three or four ways here tonight that the Lord speaks to you. Number one, through his word. Number one, through his word. And I'm going to say this every time I preach, probably. So get used to it. The Lord's the biggest way you're going to get to know God is through his word. Let's look at Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119 and verse 105. And I've man, I've just been 
in Psalm 119 for about three weeks now, just loving it, man. Psalm 119 is fire. You got to love this stuff. It is an awesome, awesome chapter of the Bible, the longest chapter in the whole Bible. So Psalm 119, and we're going to look here at verse 105, and we'll, again, we'll do this in the New King James. David says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And that's, again, what we were looking at a minute ago in Proverbs twenty twenty seven about the lamp of the Lord or the light of the Lord. David said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, we all kind of refer to life as being this journey and this path that we're going down. And let me tell you, the path is a whole lot easier to travel if it's lit up. <laughs> if you're walking in darkness and you're just stumbling and fumbling and you don't know where you're going, I mean, hey, it's a whole lot harder. But the word of God is a lamp for your feet. It's a light to your path. You can actually see where you're going. If you've got the word of God and God will speak to you and give you direction for your life through his word. And I said it a few weeks ago. I'll say it again. I can't take credit. I heard it from someone else. But don't say God has been silent if your Bible's been shut. Man, God will never speak to me, man. I'll tell you what, man. Ain't no fair, man. God love him better than me, man. Stop. Have you even opened your Bible? Don't say that God's not speaking. He's speaking all the time, every day. You just got to open it up. It's right there. You know, he wrote a beautiful, wonderful letter, 66 books full, man. I mean, depending on the size of your Bible, 1,000, 2,000 pages, whatever. If I wrote you a 2,000-page letter and you never read it and then you said, Man, Pastor Dave, he don't care about me. He never, he didn't do anything to speak to me. And I'm like, dude, I spent like 1400 years writing you a letter and you didn't read it. Don't say that I'm silent and I don't care. And I, no, I mean, I gave you everything you need to know right there. You just got to open it up and read the letter that I left for you. And so God is going to speak to you through his word. This is a huge way, the biggest way that the Lord has led me in my life. And I'll, I'll tell some other things here in a minute, but through his word is absolutely the biggest key way that God has led me through the word. I can't tell you how many times uh, God has led me right to a verse that either confirmed in my heart what I was already sensing from the Holy Spirit, or he basically just spelled it out right in front of me what to do. Through his word. Has anybody else ever had that happen where you just kind of felt something in your heart for a while and then you are led to a verse and it and it confirms what God's already been saying to you? That's a beautiful thing right there, man. That is God speaking to you. And sometimes, I mean, I'll just be reading the Bible and, and something I hadn't even really even been thinking about so much, or but but it's something will give me point blank direction and instruction right there, and I'm like, oh wow. Man, God, I hear you. I'm, I'm listening. You're speaking to me in a great big way right now. Another great thing is, is God's word will help you balance out things you may be thinking that you're hearing. I'm not saying you're like hearing voices and stuff, but I'm just, I'm saying like maybe you know, you've been like thinking about going a certain direction, 
doing a certain thing, going a certain way, and then you get to the Bible and it clearly is saying something different, then you know, like, okay, yeah, what that, uh, that was, I was going the wrong way right there. And, and it'll bring me back in to balance and again, light up the path. I don't have to stumble and fumble and fall and, and, and aimlessly wander around. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Anytime that God actually speaks to you, it will always line up with the Bible. There will never Not one time in your life be a time where God tells you something, but it contradicts scripture. So if you're like, well, God's telling me this, that's weird because the Bible says this, then you're wrong on that. That wasn't God talking to you. That was something, somebody else. You get that? Anything that God says to you will always 100% of the time line up with his word and a very basic generic example would be this. I've had countless people tell me over the years how God's leading them to a new job. But the bad thing is like, you know, this is a great job. I just won't be able to come to church anymore because it's got this, this, and the, I won't really be able to see my family and kids anymore. I'm going to work 90 hours a week, but wow, is it a lot of money? God's so good. That ain't God. (laughs) That's not God. God is not going to lead you to a job that makes it to where you can't ever go to church you can't see your wife and kids or vice versa and and just draw you away yeah but it's a lot of money your wife and kids are for sale like they're you know there's a price tag on their head going to church has a price for you i'll go as long as it's convenient man and but hey if the money's right i'm over here that's not god yeah that's not god listen Sometimes God may be leading you in a direction that is less money, right? I know my dad's got stories on that, uh, but but sometimes God may, you may have two jobs in front of you. One's $100 an hour and one's 20 but guess what? If the $100 an hour job takes you away from your family and it costs you everything in life, you're really going to be that satisfied in the end, sitting there in a big old empty house all by yourself? I don't think so. No, listen, you have to use God's word to balance out anything in life that you are hearing or feeling or sensing. If it ever contradicts the Bible, it's never not right. The word of God says, thou shalt not steal. Yeah, but this is a really rich person and I don't have much. So I really think I could justify it this way. Nope. Nope. It's still not right. There's never a time that God's going to justify you doing something that is against his word. I mean, I'm just being serious with you here tonight. And so his word, no doubt about it, is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Hebrews 4.12. Let's look at that one real quick. Amen. Oh, here's another good one. Now I'm looking at my notes. Uh, uh, I've probably got a whole list of these. Here's a good one. This is a fun one. Um, how about, you know, oh, God's... God's leading me to date this person. No, 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 no. Hey, don't get me wrong. She doesn't believe in God. She's an atheist, but wow, is she hot. So I feel that God's God's leading me in this direction. That ain't God. But man, boy, he's a good looking. I mean, but I just feel the Lord's leading and I'll start dating him and then I'll get him to come to church. That's not God. Get him to come to church first and then maybe you could start dating him. Thank you. I, I thought that was a good one, right? Thank you. You know, Second Corinthians six fourteen says uh, to not 
hook up or team up or join up with unbelievers. The King James says, be ye not unequally yoked, but... If you were born in this century, you don't understand that. So what I'm saying is, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, don't hook up, team up, pair up with unbelievers. It does not work. And I mean, I've got about a 100 stories of instances where that just ended in train wreck and disaster. Heartbreaking, horrific stories. And so God's not going to lead you to date or marry someone that is not in love with Jesus and on fire for him. If you think otherwise, just take my advice. Don't do it. You're welcome. All right. Hebrews 4.12, and we'll do this in the NLT. For the word of God is alive and powerful. I thought it was just some dead old book. No, it's alive. It's powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit between joint and marrow. Look at it. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Oh man, the word of God. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And so I, again, the more that you get into God's word, the more that he's going to light up things to you, expose things for you, there's things in the Word of God that need to be exposed for you. Things that 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 maybe in your life uh, you you just haven't known the answer to. The Word of God will expose that to you. Maybe you've been doing something wrong and you didn't even rightly know it. The Word of God will expose that for you, not to shame you and embarrass you, but to help you and to lead you and to light up the path so you can walk straight ahead and not stumble. God loves you, and he wants you to know where you're going. Amen? And so ways that the Lord speaks to you, number one, absolutely huge, through his word. Another, I'm going to list another couple of quick ways. Uh, number two could be through another believer. Through another believer. God can really speak through you through a lot of ways. I mean, I guess you could look back in the Old Testament when he spoke through a donkey once, but... Hey, if it gets to the point where God's having to use animals to talk to you, you've probably, you've gone down a path a little far there. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. So we're talking about ways that the Lord could speak to you. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. One way is through another believer. So 1 Corinthians 14, and verse 3, and this uh, this whole area is talking about the gifts of the Spirit and tongues and prophecy, and we believe in all that. It's not my whole sermon tonight, though. But 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3, it says, But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Someone who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. New Testament prophecy is less predicting the future, uh, and it's more of this, uh, comforting, strengthening, and encouraging others with our words. Now, the Old Testament prophet, they, these people in the Old Testament, they did not have the Holy Spirit living right on the inside of them. They really, a lot of times, needed somebody to tell them what God was saying to them. But praise God, we've got the Holy Spirit right on the inside of us. I don't have to go to the preacher to say, hey, 
What does God want me to do in this situation? I can go straight to the Father myself because of Jesus, and I've got the Holy Spirit in my heart. So New Testament prophecy is more on these lines right here that 1 Corinthians 14 says. It's strengthening, encouraging, and comforting people. And this can give you some direction and confirmation in your life sometimes when you need it. Now, there's other gifts of the Spirit that we're not fully jumping into tonight, but the word of wisdom, all right, that's a, you know, that's a different gift of the Spirit where that may tell somebody, uh, some things like, hey, uh, the Lord's saying that you need to cut that out and you need to go this direction. God could do that through the word of wisdom, but that's not technically prophecy. Prophecy in the New Testament is more uh, strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. And so God will speak to you through other believers, but you're going to have to be around other believers to, you know, get that benefit. Uh, you don't ever come to church or hang out with Christians, then it's going to be pretty hard to, uh, you know, let them encourage you and be around them. So, does that mean is that's that's pretty obvious, right? Okay. So, <laughs> thank you, Dave. I like that. Dave's like, yeah. <laughs> but man, God has used other believers so many times in my life. To, uh, to, to, to just say something that I needed to hear, whether they even realized it or not. And I think sometimes God's using us and we don't even realize it, but the Lord's speaking through us to help other people out. And God's done that a lot of times in my life. Real quick, Proverbs eleven fourteen. We got a lot of Proverbs tonight. I wasn't going to turn here, but hey, let's do it. Proverbs 11 and verse 14 in the New King James. Proverbs 11 and verse 14. I'm just going to go at it quick here. But it says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Where there's no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Now, these counselors it's referring to are going to be godly, wise people. You get that, right? That doesn't mean you go around going down the street asking anybody and everybody what their counsel and wisdom is for your life because I've had some interesting people want to give me life advice, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do the exact opposite of what you said because <laughs> everything you is it hasn't worked in your life. Why would I do it in my life, right? And so in the multitude of counselors, there's safety, there's wisdom, but this is talking about godly, wise people. I do not go to non-born-again people for advice and wisdom and safety and counsel. Not, I don't. Absolutely not. And I, I support Christian counselors and Christian psychologists. You know, this is sometimes a controversial issue. I support that. That's a great thing. But I'm talking about Christian ones. I'm just saying, for me and my family, I'm open to these things. I wouldn't go to a counselor personally or a psychologist that wasn't a Christian. I'm just laying that out there. But, you know, I know everyone's in a different spot, but I'm just throwing that out there. I only want godly Christian counsel and wisdom because there may be very well-intentioned people that are going to tell you things that make sense to their mind, but they contradict the word of God. And I don't have time for that. That'll wreck my life. And so, yes, in the multitude of counselors, Christian godly people, uh, wise Christian people, there's safety and there's wisdom. Number three, this is the least likely way that you're to hear the voice of God. But I think that it's worth noting. But again, 
this is the least likely way that you'll hear the voice of God. And that's number three, through an audible voice. Through an audible voice. I'm talking about a voice that you physically hear with your ears. Now, it's the least likely way that God will speak to you, though it is actually possible. And, you know, I don't deny that. Um, But why is it the least likely way that God is going to speak to his children? I'll tell you why. Because it does not take faith to hear from God if he's physically and audibly speaking to you. I don't, it doesn't take any faith at that point. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please God. Another great thing is that we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, sight would include, I believe, all your physical senses. I don't follow God because I can see him or hear him with my actual ears or touch him or smell him or any of these things. Uh, uh, That's not why I follow God. It doesn't take faith at that point. You realize that when you get to heaven and are standing face to face with Jesus, faith at that point has been turned to sight. And it's a beautiful thing. I look forward to that day when I'm actually there hugging Jesus, staring him in the face. I don't need faith to believe in him at that point. I mean, I am right there with him. But it's going to take faith to get me to that point because the overwhelmingly large chances are I will never see Jesus this side of heaven. Some people have, and I believe that, but 99.9999% of us will not physically see Jesus with our eyes or hear his voice with our physical ears until we get up there. And because it just it doesn't take faith to you know to, to get to him at that point. If you can see him and hear him in that way. Now, I'm going to say this also and this maybe just sounds so incredibly mean, but I just want to say it, all right? So, most of the people I know that say they've actually physically heard the audible voice of God are people that don't consistently follow the Lord. Now, I've, some people that I, I know that have heard God's voice that way are people that are close to God. But it just, you know, and this is this isn't a, a Bible fact. This is, I guess, I got to label it. This is just now my personal opinion at this point, okay? So, you know, if you want to argue with me later, that's fine. I'll be at that door after service. But uh, most people that I personally have met in 37 years that have go around hearing God's voice with their physical ears all the time, or even sometimes in my life, they've been people that aren't actually that close to God. They're usually people that are very inconsistent. My dad would use the word flaky. They're people that uh, that don't really read their Bible or go to church that much. And that's just, that's what I've witnessed in 37 years. Maybe you've seen different, but most of the people that I have met that, yeah, man, I heard God. He told me to get up at 11 p.m. and go down to Del Taco and get a red burrito. I don't know what he was saying, but... There was a reason for it. And he said to get some fries and nacho cheese too. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) wow, man, I wish he'd tell me that and and tell my wife that. Then I could go do it. But she wouldn't let me do that at 11 p.m. So, you know, but, you know, God did audibly speak to lots of people in the Bible. But primarily that was before Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon God's children. From that point forward, there's some instances, you know, because you look at the Apostle Paul. But why did God physically 
speak and bellow out at Paul out of heaven because Paul was a maniac trying to kill Christians and God said, stop. Right? It wasn't, I mean, yes, Paul heard the voice of God bellow out and Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And it scared the man out of his wits and he went blind and it was a crazy situation. But it wasn't because Jesus was just wanting to whisper sweet nothings in his ear. He was trying to stop this maniac from killing people. And I bet that there's probably some crazy people that God has talked to and said, stop, you're nuts, quit it. But am I going too far? Am I like creeping out? (laughs) So I'm just saying, I don't have to physically hear the voice of God bellow out of heaven for me to believe his word is good enough for me. Amen. His spirit is good enough for me. And so, you know, and a lot of the times in the scripture, when God did have to audibly speak out, it's because someone was just really in trouble, really in a bad spot. And I would suggest that maybe some of the people, you know, certainly some of the people that I know that I'm thinking about in this instance that have to hear the voice of God and have heard the voice of God. These oftentimes, maybe they really have heard this, but they are people that are, uh, God's just maybe got no other way to get their attention because they very apparently aren't listening to the Bible, listening to their pastor, listening to the other believers around them. They're usually just basically crazy people and out of control people. And now, so anyway, that's, that's just a little, uh, little food for thought right there, but I'll put it this way. All right. Parents, as a kid. You know, as you're speaking to your kids, you know, we've got volume control, right? I really like it when the kids listen when I'm out of level one. Hey, can you go pick up your room? That's my preferred thing, man, that they would just listen right there. If it gets to the point of pick up your room, like something went wrong somewhere. I mean, I tried. They didn't listen. I had to yell. If God has to yell at you from heaven just to get you to stop and listen, that's nothing to brag about. <laughs> That's, I'm just saying, like, he probably tried a dozen other ways, and you just didn't listen, all right? And so, number three, the Lord could speak to you through an audible voice. It's unlikely, and if he has to get to that point just to get your attention, that might not be something to brag about. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, okay? A whole lot of point number three was my opinion, and I don't usually do that. Let's get to number four, because here is the second big way that God is really, really going to speak to you. And it's what we would call through the still small voice, through the still small voice, or the new living translation would call it the gentle whisper. And so I want to look at first Kings 19, first Kings chapter 19. We got a story here of Elijah, the prophet and he uh, he was running. He was terrified. He was running for his life from a wicked woman named Jezebel. She was awful. She was wicked and crazy and terrible. And she pledged that she would not stop. She would not rest until Elijah was dead. And Elijah, it's interesting. He'd been threatened by men and by kings. The man never, like, went running until this woman threatened him. And he was like, ah! 
<laughs> he took off running. He was so terrified and scared that he ran to the mountains. Yeah, I'm, this is all in the story here. You can read it on your own time. But he's like, God, I just want to die, man. I mean, seriously, I want to die. And God tells him, he's like, hey, you're going to go to Mount Sinai. And so he goes, he lays down just hoping he'll die in his sleep or something. The Lord wakes him up and there's some bread and water beside him. And God says, eat that bread because you've got a long journey ahead. The man eats the bread, drinks the water, and takes a 40-day hike to Mount Sinai to, you know, hear from the Lord and to get away from this crazy lady Jezebel. And so here's what happens, though. First Kings 19. And we're going to look here at verses 11 and 12. I was going to do the New King James, but since you can't see the screen anyway, I'll just do the NLT and then I'll say what I want out of the New King James. So First Kings 19, verse 11, and, uh, and here's what the Lord's saying. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. What? After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Or the King James says, there was the sound of a still, small voice. And, you know, the Lord goes on to speak to him here. And if you read the rest of the story, it's great. He ends up finding Elisha, uh, who is his, you know, heir to the, you know, to the ministry there. And all is a great thing. But Elijah was like so many of us. He's like, hey, God, I want to hear from you. And maybe over here you see some fireworks and a big grand thing. Oh, that must be God. Well, no, that wasn't God. Oh, maybe it's over here because everybody's going over here. No, no, that wasn't it. Or maybe it's over here because my cousin says this. No, no, that's not it. And sometimes we're expecting for God to speak to us in some great, big, explosive, loud firework way with neon lights and and an earthquake and fire and and a windstorm and and, and all this stuff. And that's not how God's speaking to you. Because the Lord comes through. And he speaks in a still, small voice, a gentle whisper, not up here, but right to your heart. It's a still, gentle voice. And the more that you learn to listen to God this way, the more clearly you can hear him on a consistent basis. And so if you're going around looking, you know, again, for the for the fog and the lights and the fireworks and the explosions, I mean, keep searching. But that ain't where God's at. He's right over here with a gentle whisper. Just speaking to your heart. Why is that? Well, you need to know, man, that the Lord, the Holy Spirit is he's a gentleman. He doesn't like to have to yell at you and shake you and and, listen. No, 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 no. He he wants to be able to say, hey, listen. I got something to tell you. And and you just be able to listen. Isn't that a better relationship than someone that has to yell at you all the time and you still don't listen anyway? I mean, that's no that's not a good relationship at all. I like it. In in my relationships when someone can just come in and say, "Hey, I want to I want to tell you something." And 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 I can just like, "Oh man, thank you." I can listen at that level, and that's how God's speaking to us so often, so often. And 
you know, one thing that I've been taught since, since a child, and you need to know this too, is that the Lord will lead you through peace in your heart, through peace. If I feel something just shoving me and pushing me and someone's like, Hey, you got to do this. You got to do it now. I need a decision right now. Come on, come on. Now, every now and then you got to make an emergency decision as an adult, right? But if someone, if it's like, man, we're only going to offer this deal on this car right now. If you don't do it right now, in the next 30 seconds, you're gonna go, like, then forget it, man. Keep your car. I'm, I'm not doing that. I wonder if it's God. That's not God. Stop. No. God's not going around bullying you and pushing you and, and dragging you and kicking you. And No, 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 no. He leads us through the still, small voice. Through his word, but through this still, small voice. Peace in my heart. And I've learned that. Uh, if I'm coming to a decision, which way to go? I just ask the Lord, Lord, wh- which way do you want me to go? And I go with whichever way I feel peace in. So I say, God, do I turn left or do I turn right? And so I'll stop and I'll say, okay, left. How do I feel in here about that? Well, it looks really good, but I just don't, I, I, I don't feel good about it. I, I don't know. It looks great, but it just feels, I don't know why it just feels wrong. Okay, Lord, what about going this way? And like, well, it doesn't look that great, but I just, man, I, I feel okay. I feel good about that. I, I've, I've got a peace in my heart. That's the way I'm going. I walk by faith, not by sight. <laughs> and so he will light up the path and he will lead me through peace. If, you know, I, if you're a person that listens to his voice consistently. Now, again, if God's going to yank you and, and all that, you know, if you're stubborn and don't listen at all, then, you know, maybe he's going to have to get a little bit more direct and loud and rough with you. I don't know. I, but but listen, the more that you listen to him and develop that relationship, he can just speak to you in a still, peaceful voice. And there's nothing greater in this world than being able to hear the gentle whisper of God speak into your heart telling you what to do, leading you. And when you listen and you find out like, man, you were so right. <laughs> you were so right. It's a wonderful and awesome, awesome thing in your life. And so if you're, you know, looking at the new year before you and you're like, well, I don't know what to do, man. I, I don't know. Hey, stop and talk to God about it. He knows what you should do. Well, how would I ever know? No, just listen to him. All right. Shut all the other stuff off and just listen to him. You don't need to, you know, what, what, see what everybody else is doing. You need to see what God's saying and listen to him. But I just highly challenge you and encourage you to don't waste the beautiful opportunity of a wonderful new year. You can make changes anytime. I mean, even if it's July and you're going down the wrong path, you know, go the right way. Turn around. It's good to make change. But it's just right now it's so fresh on everybody's hearts and minds. And so I encourage you to talk to the Lord. And another great thing, I said this Sunday, but ask God what a good verse would be for you this year. I think everybody should have a verse, you know, for their year that the Lord's just really speaking to them through. And I would encourage you to do that. And you will be shocked if you will ask him and you will go to your Bible. You'll be shocked. If you've never heard from God before, here's a test for you. Ask the Lord to lead you for a verse for your life for 2023 and go to your Bible. I bet he'll answer you. I bet he will if you'll really open it up and ask him and and believe him and trust him. He'll lead you to something awesome that will absolutely rock your world. But, you know, go ahead and do it. Amen. All right. Well, I better quit rambling. Let's go ahead, and we're going to stand up together tonight. Praise God.
Anybody receive anything from the Lord this evening? Amen. Well, we'll have Pastor Josh get up here and lead us in a little bit of worship. And I'll have our prayer team come on up together tonight. And uh, if you're here and you need prayer for anything, we'd love to be in agreement with you and see the Lord work in your life and do some great things for you. And if not, just take a minute to talk to the Lord. We're going to worship him, but take a minute to talk to him and, and see if he's got anything to say to you tonight. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and go. Take what the enemy meant for evil, 
Glory to God. Anybody get blessed? Hey, man, I, I want to tell you something. How many think that I've probably got a pretty good track record of knowing what God wants me to do in life and ministry? I can tell you, out of 43 years of doing this, the Lord talked to me for all the voice at the spring of 1981. I was getting ready to preach for the first time in a church the next day, and I, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, can I teach instead of just preach because people are so hurting? know your word and all of a sudden it about blew my insides out you know our spirits here that's where the holy spirit is all of a sudden uh it, i just felt like a 55 gallon drum with a bomb went off i heard this <clears throat> teach my people teach my people teach my people and it about blew my insides out it was so loud it wasn't here it was here but it was audible and then in the spring of 1999 I'd been a serious ministry judgment that turned out not good. I sold a church building prematurely, and I didn't know at that point in time I sold it prematurely, made a lot of money, but our deal for the next building fell through, so we had some offices rented. I had five people working for me, had some offices rented. Spring of 1999, I'm sitting there in the office, had secretaries all around me, and all of a sudden, just as clear as a bell, I heard this. There's some things about my timing that you need to learn, and you will learn. Is that same thing. That's the last time God's talked to me with all the voice, twice. And so I'm saying, if out of 43 years, I've only heard the voice twice, yet I've succeeded because I've learned to do what Pastor Dave talked about. I, number one, go by the Word of God. Number two, every sermon I've ever preached as I spend time with Jesus, I just know on the inside that's what he wants me to do. Not that I hear any thoughts, because he did say cast down thoughts and imaginations. And every high thing exalts itself the word of God. God doesn't speak to you in thoughts. Somebody said, why well, had a thought? Well, good, you can have a thought, but God talks down here. You pick up things, you get impressions that you know what to do.
And so out of 43 years, I was added one more thing too. I saw an angel one time, a real angel with my eyes, a real angel. I mean, a real angel. And I'll tell you what, I know why people in the Bible were afraid of him. I, th- I think it was probably my, my angel that goes with me. He was probably, I don't know, eight or nine foot tall at least. And you know when that was? That was in the fall time of 1980. One time out of all these years. And so don't go around trying to make supernatural things happen. Live by the Word. Live by the Holy Ghost. Follow Jesus. And I guarantee you, you'll win every time, and the devil won't be able to deceive you. Amen, amen, amen. Are we ready? Amen. Pastor Dave liked that. I'll tell you what, I, I got more stories than he has, and I've been doing it longer. <laughs> but he's got some good ones now. He's coming right along. All right, let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. The weapon.